Welcome to Women Winning It Writing Podcast Show. I am your host, Chelsea McCoy, and this is the show where we talk about all things writing and all things editing from a woman's perspective. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in, and we appreciate you so much. Thank you for sharing our podcast, and thank you for just being a part of this amazing platform. Well, we thank you for tuning in today because, of course, we have another amazing episode for you. We are looking at writing from an entertainment perspective. We have the amazing pleasure of speaking with one who has been in the entertainment industry for quite a while. She has been there, done that, seen it all, heard it all, and she's got some stories to tell, and she's written a book about it as well. So without further ado, would you all please help me welcome Miss Libby Anthony to our show today? That's the sound of the applause. Yes. <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. Greetings. <laughs> uh, hello. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Best of the best to all of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to just sit and chat with us for a little bit and give us some information on your, the book that you've written and, you know, what that journey was like writing it. So tell us the name of your book and a little bit about it. My book, I am in Atlanta and I'm an entertainment professional for over 40 years. My book is just about that Atlanta entertainment history. Mm. uh, Historic contributions of the entrepreneurs who pioneered Jukin in the A. Subtitle, Jukin in the A. If you've ever been to Atlanta and partied, uh, you stand on the, you partied on the floors of, uh, the shoulders of many great men and women and before my book was published there was no uh, collective record of their achievements Mm -hmm. and their contributions to the um, not only the entertainment community but the whole entire community of uh, Atlanta and hence uh, America and hence the world Wow, that is amazing. So for you to take the time to, you know, to commemorate, you know, and to document that era and that time period, that's wonderful. Not just from the entertainment perspective, but also education, because I'm pretty sure our young people of today will probably say, Jukin, what's that? Or, you know, they may not even be familiar with, you know, some of the names and the people that you had the opportunity to work with. So what was the inspiration for the book? I'll tell you, in uh, the 90s, the entertainment industry started changing. I came into the industry in the 80s, uh, actually late 70s. And the 80s, you know, we had disco and still had live bands as such. But the industry started changing, as I'm sure a number of people uh, realize, particularly R&B 
how successful it was and what um, we were making a lot of money off of it and they wanted to you know infiltrate and get some of it so the industry started changing not only from a entertainment perspective mm-hmm. from a economic perspective but from a cultural perspective also and at the same time as an entertainment booking agent I saw our club starting to suffer in being able to buy live entertainment affordable affordable and popular live entertainment uh, so in 1994 I started with a number of other people we call COPE Mm-hmm. It's club owners, promoters, and entertainment entrepreneurs and executives. The purpose of COPE was uh, to push live entertainment, to organize live entertainment, and to hopefully create a collective that would uh, bargain live, a, a, a black collective that would bargain for entertainment. And I say this because at that time I saw what was happening with what was called SFX at that time. SFX grew into Live Nation and right now Live Nation, I'm sure everybody has been to a Live Nation concert. They're almost the only concerts around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, definitely uh, tour wise. But the, pro- the, the what we found in 94 as we looked at what was happening to the industry we found out every club was trying to stand on its own bottom. Every buyer, every concert promoter was uh, trying to stand on their own bottom. So what we wanted to do was help organize them. Now at that time, we also realized that um, we put out a journal. Mm-hmm. Part of that was to record the Atlanta, the, the first um convention was held here in Atlanta the COPE convention was held here in Atlanta so we wanted to present a history of Atlanta clubs and entertainment just as a part of the uh, conference journal okay there, uh, this was pre-internet pre so it was word of mouth and uh, maybe a couple of books that were in the library mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we tried to put this history together very cumbersomely nevertheless 10 10 20 years later i'm looking at the journal i'm looking at the history and i'm going well some of this isn't right because yeah. i've uh some more since then mm-hmm. and i started uh trying to just clean that up and republish it as a you know three pager and it just started running into more and more information and I'm like oh this is so very important this is good this is good mm-hmm. and it turned it about three years worth of research became Atlanta Entertainment History Juking in the Age oh wow okay yeah and juking juking is a an old word that came from Africa actually uh, I believe uh some of those sources say Ghana, but we know that juking in America began during slavery time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, the slaves would gather and dance, which which was the uh, where they let off steam and came together as a unit. They beat the drums and dance, and the masters would allow 
Sundays and Saturdays a weekend for them to do it so they could get exercise. And I, you know, uh, it was not for the dancers or the slaves. It was just to keep them in shape so they could go back into the fields on Monday. Nevertheless, these juke these juke places would be sometimes this just look like a stable, a shanty, uh, just a, a few poles and a like we would call a gazebo. Okay. Mm-hmm. And these juke places became places where not only you could get music, but sometimes somebody would fry some fish up or whatever they had. Um, and as it progressed. These shanties became little houses or little cabins, and you could maybe get cigarettes and same things, and then, you know, progression, transition. Mm-hmm. Now, still, you can get at the juke joint, you dance, you can get you a fish sandwich, likely, or some wings, some french fries, some drinks, some fellowship. Some cigarettes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the strip still exists. We don't call it that anymore. Yeah. But uh, Quincy Jones says the Duke Joint is the angle on which so much music was uh, created. Yes. And you know that what I think about when you, as soon as you said juke joint, I thought about the color purple. <laughs> you know when 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 Harpo got that juke joint together and the wood, you know he had those two by fours trying to hammer them together so they would stay. He fell through the roof. I don't know how many yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. And Tyler Perry's uh, new movie, The Jasmine Blues. Yes. That's a juke joint. The mother has a juke joint. Wow. They could be the same juke joint that was in the color purple. They look so much alike. Wow. That is the juke joint is was very vital to has been very vital to the black community. We don't own grocery stores anymore. We don't own service stations anymore, gas stations anymore, but we still own juke joints. Yes. those juke joints became meeting places, not only as for the, the church was one of the meeting places, but the juke joint was the other meeting place at, that the community would gather and gather information and share information. Um, not only as the importance of having a stage for the musicians, but it was also important uh, it was also important as a unity, a place for the community to gather. It was economically important. During um, the Civil Rights Movement, it was the um, juke joints, owners of the nightclubs, who helped finance the um, when Dr. King and others would get locked up. Yes, they uh-huh. They had the cash to bail them out. So they were very important in the civil rights movement. They were very important in all the movements. Listen, the background of the the uh, economic system of black people began in the juke joint. Wow. See, and that's so critical for our history as a people, you know, yeah. as a culture. That's so, so, so important. And, you know... 
my dad growing up, I, my dad played a lot of music. As a matter of fact, um, he actually recorded two songs. <laughs> he didn't, you know, I don't think he ever made it to, you know, like an actual, you know, an album or anything, but he had two of those, um, you know, what do you call them? Not the 45s, but the little small, the little small ones. Uh, that's the 45. That is the 45. Okay. So he had two 45s and um he 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 made he recorded two songs and so i think about just as listening to you talk it just takes me back to you know my childhood and growing up and music was such a and if you talk to a lot of people and i'm sure you know this too music played a very strong role in the household you know whether whether it was gospel whether it was jazz blues or you know the the Motown or you know soul whatever the choice was music was just it was critical and it still is critical even now you know I think music even connects people just like food you know <laughs> absolutely uh there are a number of music therapy uh applications and uh procedures processes projects for uh, music therapy and, and it is even dance is important to as uh, exercise dance exercise whatever we 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 love those things mm-hmm. and we do those things but I also think again back to the book it is important to the people to know and recognize the people who gave us those spaces who allowed them to Used for the community's advancement. So I'm not always prosperous, but always giving back to the community and always providing a place. There was a gentleman, I speak of him in my book, that um, he had the first club. And, and my book does cover uh, entertainment history and club history and, mm-hmm. uh, from Reconstruction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, there was a time, this is pre-Jim Crow, this is post, just post-slavery, the man had the club here in Atlanta, the first licensed club, Enda, which was down near Auburn Avenue. Mm-hmm. Of course, back in those days when the liquor companies, would, beer companies would bring you advertising, there were no black models. They just had these white models holding the beer and they'd bring you these posters and stuff. And, um, you display them and then they come back and tell you y'all looking at white women. Oh, wow. <laughs> Take the posters down. Take mm. the posters down. But they harassed this man so much. Uh, and they said because of this, that broke, uh, caused a breakout of the uh, 1907 riots mm. uh, where. They came and burned down Auburn Avenue, Edgewood, and all, you know, Oklahoma was not the only, Tulsa was not the only city that had, they burned. But they would burn any economic stronghold uh, the black people had. But uh, the importance of, uh, that man had to leave town. Mm. But that's how important, we have to recognize that the contributions uh, to the community they weren't always progressive and they weren't always prosperous but they were always important yeah or lessons learned those things that you know fail provide lessons definitely so but, 
what would you say when you were writing the book, you know, getting everything together, what was your writing process? Like, how did you, you know, put it all together? Interestingly, like I told you how we began. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I decided I would write it. The only way to do it would be chronologically. To organize it in my mind would be to do it from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. So I started researching. It took over three years to research and get it done. But as I would research one thing, I'd find uh, avenues another uh, to some other branch of the tree. And I talked to folks, some people who knew one gentleman I was talking to at an event at Bohemian's house, and uh, I was talking to one of his old band members, and he was saying, oh, you need to talk to my dad. He's 90 years old. He used to talk about the rock. He got all the time. <laughs> so I talked to him and uh, other people around, especially elders who remembered a lot of the history. But uh, one article one article would open up another article a name would be mentioned and i'm like well who is this and then i find out another uh piece of information and it just it it, i hate to take the credit for myself it kind of wrote itself (laughs) okay okay no but i understand what you're saying (laughs) is that as i you know, I started it chronologically, and then I found out about the Vendome and all those things. You know, and then I tried to, because I am, I came up in Louisiana as, during the worst of the civil rights times, uh, when, before they were organized, when mm-hmm. there was a lot of tension and killing, and uh, it was very ugly, cross burning and all that. Well, I've always been because of my father and his influence have always been involved with my people and learning my people and being a part of the culture. I used to do folk festivals and the like before I started my own entertainment agency. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, um, it's just, um, like I said, when I've tried to write the book from a perspective of influence all these clubs and people had an influence but at the same time I hope to interject what that influence meant mm-hmm. like the underground in Atlanta uh, this was the first experiment in interracial socializing we didn't have in the south Okay. Before, before that we didn't have white people and black people walking down the street drinking and putting mm-hmm. the same it's just post Jim Crow so I tried to not only say these clubs were very popular and these were the people that came through but do you realize this was the first time black people and white people were actually socializing drinking and having fun together but you know you wanted I tried to pull that element in and uh, not you were having a good time but it was relevant what you were doing too okay okay that's wonderful. And I'm, you know, I'm just so excited that you, you have this, you know, as, uh, like I said, this is so big for our culture. This is such an important book that <clears throat> I know for sure, like my kids need to read it, you know, and so many young people need to have this as history, you know, to know where you come from, 
to know where these, you know, the 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 music that these artists are using today, they it started then. Jukin was one of the origins. So, you know, it had to come from somewhere. So this is just absolutely amazing. What would you say would be um if if a, if someone wanted to write a book, something of this nature, you know, education, historical, what what advice, what suggestion would you give them? First of all, have a passion for it. Second of all, be comfortable in talking to people about it. Be patient. Be patient in listening because you might not hear what you thought you wanted to hear at first. Just listen and, and do like you're doing. Open, let go to the next question and you'll get to... Uh, the information you're you're trying to get, then I would say patience takes time to write a book. I not say try to get you a publisher because somebody <laughs> needs to help you market this. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here on my own. Anybody want to help get the word out? I'm open and receptive. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon.com. <laughs> but I, I never thought, I tell you, uh, I promoted a number of acts and events in my lifetime, but I never thought I'd have to learn how to promote a book. Okay. And it's not okay. it's not easy. <laughs> it's not. Be patient. I would say that. I don't know where I left off because that patience thing is very important. Yes. But uh but but definitely have I, I have a scientific background, so research is not new to me, especially mm-hmm. if you're writing a history book. Uh uh you you need to know how to do research. But uh, there again, I don't know, but I said that that have helped me. Mm-hmm, I don't, mm-hmm. You have to know, I won't say that, but it helped me to uh, do the research and to follow a lead into the next uh, section. And of course, like just being able to talk with people and record mentally and by pen and pencil. And electronically, what you're hearing and picking up on—that's crux of what I can remember at this point on the question you asked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're good. That is good. <laughs> no, you're good. It is. It's just it's it's a lot that comes to writing a book, and that's you know, it's not something you can literally just you know pick it up and do it. You know, but like you said, you got to make sure you have so many other things in place, someone to help you navigate through all of that. And so, no, we just appreciate you giving that bit of suggestion, because trust me, someone listening is going to need that little that little tidbit is what they may need to get them to the next step. So, no, we definitely appreciate it. Well, before we say this, let me say this. Yes, yes. It's very important. Proofread get somebody else to proofread and proofread again because I honestly have found a couple of pieces and you know places I probably could have been a little bit more diligent in proofreading but definitely we, we, we want to tell the stories but try to do it grammatically correct and uh, with your 
commas and periods and colons in place definitely and that's where i come in because yes listeners y'all know that i am an editor so if you guys need some editing assistance me and my team will definitely be sure to assist you and get you where you need to be so yes we will make sure that that is taken care of well before we close miss anthony how can people get in touch with you how can they connect with you get a copy of the book and all that good stuff atlanta entertainment history jerking in the age is self-published and available at Amazon.com. There are a few bookstores around, but it's easier to get it at Amazon uh, rather than ride around and try to find a bookstore. I honestly have uh, am learning how to market it, but I am having to learn that in between of all the other things that's going on in my life. <laughs> Nevertheless, Juking uh, in the A by Libby Anthony is available at Amazon.com. I encourage you to buy the book because you'll learn Tyler Perry's hot but that was a Tyler Perry in Atlanta before Tyler Perry was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You'll learn that Maynard Jackson was awesome in his vision for Atlanta but his wife Bunny Ransom was there by his side and integrated art. The High Museum would never allow a black artist exhibited in the museum she brought Romero Bearden there she had to do it in the lobby but it was so successful that uh, they started allowing the integration of black art into the art museum you'll learn about a number of important women she uh Bunny Ransom Jackson also Bunny Jackson Ransom also brought us Brick and Cameo but you'll learn about a lot of progressive women in my book not only that, you if you're Atlanta, you'll uh, recall a number of important clubs and clubs you probably came through. Uh, may have forgotten Cisco's, uh, uh, Mr. V's, uh, Marco's, but it's a good read, and I suggest you buy it, enjoy it, and uh, you can reach me on Facebook. Libby Anthony. I have a website for my booking agency, ipi-bookings.com. My company is Independent Productions Inc. Hence, ipi-bookings with the s.com. ipi-bookings.com. My email address is cope now at bellsoft.net. Cope. Club Owners Promoters Entertainment Cope. Now at bellsoft.net. I'll give that again to you. My email address is cope now at bellsoft.net. I'm not going to give you my telephone number. <laughs> no, don't give me the number. Me via any of those, I will give you my phone number. <laughs> well, they can... I work entertainment, so I don't need any other. <laughs> no, we will Right, we'll make sure that they get the other information and if, you know, they need to get your number then you can give that to them later. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I encourage you to buy my book and enjoy my book. And um I encourage you to contact me if you need any other I I uh as you can tell I enjoy talking. 
I make my living by talking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Feel free to call me at any time. Contact me at any time. All right. Well, thank you again, Miss Libby thank Anthony. Thank you so very much for what you're doing for women, and thank you for what you're doing for authors and for me personally. You are so very welcome, and it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and having you on our show. And listeners, y'all heard it here first. Miss Libby uh-huh. Anthony and the Atlanta Entertainment History Juking in the A. Y'all go out there and get yourselves a copy. And education takes you a lot further than you'll ever imagine. And it gives you enlightenment. It gives you so much and gives you another perspective on the world we live in today. So we are so grateful and so thankful for pioneers such as Miss Anthony, who's taken the time to give us a little bit of knowledge on our culture and where we come from. The things that have happened yesterday that brought us to where we are today that are taking us into our tomorrow. So with that being said, we thank you all for tuning in and listening in. And until next time, keep winning at writing. Everyone out there, y'all be blessed.